right, here we go. Welcome to episode one and 100 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Episode one for the YouTube channel, episode 100 for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So before we even get into the show, Sam, congratulations on episode 100. We debuted our first episode July 23rd, 2019. It is September 8th, 2021. We've been at this for over two years and we finally got the YouTube up and running. So congrats on 100 episodes and getting this YouTube channel running. Jason, can't, can't thank you enough. Can't thank all of you out there enough. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the ride. Man, so if you are tuning in for the first time and you have not heard the podcast, which, like I said, is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the YouTube viewers and for people who are here for the first time, the name of the show gives away what it's about. This show has always been about being fans. I mean, as you can see, Sam's got his ugly 49er jersey and I've got my awesome Raider jersey on right now. So we wear our fandom on our sleeves and we look at sports through a fan's lens, not a reporter's lens, not anything like that. We have no restrictions from studios, no nothing. And the thing that the YouTube channel is going to allow us to do is what the podcast didn't, which was be interactive with our audience. So I mean, the idea of this podcast is to, you know, have Zoom calls with people that, you know, we don't know and talk about, you know, anything in sports, you know, debating, polls, all that stuff. Literally, if you want us to talk about something, just leave a comment. We'll get it on. If you want to be on the show, we'll give you a Zoom link and we'll have you on in the episode. We'll talk. We'll talk to anybody, whether it's 50 people, 500 people, 5,000, doesn't matter. The idea is supposed to be just being interactive with fans, the community, because 99% of us are fans. We're not players. We're not reporters. And that's the idea of the show. And if you're here for the first time, yes, we really do appreciate it. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. And I hope you all enjoy. And if you are here for the first time, we do start the show off the same way every single time. Sam, how was your week? I know you just moved into your new apartment. How is it? Are you set up? What is going on? Do you like the place? I know you were living out at Trash Airbnbs for like two weeks. Yeah, it's, today has been a whirlwind because I've gone to two different people's houses on uh, Facebook Marketplace to pick up a dining room table and chairs. And one person, I think, was a crack addict that I had to go into their home and pick up a, a dining room table. And the other was a, a legitimate hoarder. Like they would be featured on the show hoarders that is what i stepped into today in like a matter of two hours to get these uh my dining room table set and we're not completely all the way packed through um we've just set up oh my internet connection is unstable apparently so that's where we're at right now (laughs) (laughs) hey but we're working through it we you know sam's internet connection is going to be up and down, but he's moving in, so that'll get corrected. Hey, the so show must go on. You know, the upcoming episode. It must go on. It must go on. So, a uh, little update for me, since we do updates for each of us. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we just got a cat. Uh, we named her Stevie. My girlfriend loves Stevie Nicks, so we named her Stevie. Um, and uh, she's been awesome. I, I'm, I've never really, not that I don't like cats. I've just been around dogs my entire life, so I I'm, you know, biased towards dogs. I have a dog. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have a cat named Stevie and she's, she's been awesome. So that's really the only big life update for me. So 
All right, so let's roll into what this episode is going to be about. Week one of the NFL season. The NFL season is here. So disclaimer quickly, we are filming this episode on Wednesday, September 8th. We're going to edit on Thursday, and we're going to release it on Friday. So what that means really is we're not going to preview the Bucks and Cowboys game because by the time the episode gets released, it'll already have happened. We're not going to be able to react to that game either. So we're just going to talk about the games that are happening on Sunday and Monday. In the future, that's not how the schedule is going to work, but because we were trying to line up with week one of the NFL season, that's the way that, you know, it ended up happening. Plus, Sam was moving, so, you know, stuff got in the way. They're crazy. So here's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with a little segment just called Three Things. So what we're going to do is just highlight three things, our big three things that we think you should be paying attention to for week one of the NFL season. I'm going to start first. So for my number three, there are, and I have the stat right here, 15 NFL teams will be starting a different quarterback in week one this year than they did last year. That includes Tyrod Taylor, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Fitzpatrick, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Tua, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Stafford, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, and Justin Herbert. Remember, Justin Herbert didn't actually start week one for the Chargers. He got pulled in once Tyrod got his, you know, punctured lung incident. (laughs) So one of the things I'm going to be looking out for big time is L.A., Matthew Stafford in L.A., Stafford in Detroit, the question about him has always been, is he this phenomenal quarterback that was just held back by the Detroit franchise, or is he just a really good quarterback and for whatever reason just couldn't get Detroit out of their rut that they've been in? So Stafford is now in the best situation that he's been in his entire career. He's got Sean McVay there, great offensive weapons around him. I think Stafford's a dark horse MVP candidate, truthfully. So I'm going to be watching out for Matthew Stafford in L.A. I think you guys should be as well because I think that offense is going to look not necessarily different because it's a system, but much better now that Stafford is there instead of golf. So that is my number three. We'll get to Sam's. Yeah, so my number three, I had the matchup of Cleveland and Kansas City. I think this is a big-time week one matchup because these teams, it's a rematch of the playoffs last year. We have the Browns who have just totally geared up to – really contend in the AFC to be into that upper echelon to where the chiefs and bills are. And the chiefs need to show that they've improved that offensive line with all the additions that they've made. I think this game is huge for both teams to really set a tone this year. If the Browns are looking to compete a week, one win against the chiefs says in says like unparamounts for their success this year. And the chiefs, if they're able to handle Cleveland, it just totally establishes that they're still the front runners in the AFC. I agree. I agree. I don't actually have Cleveland and the Chiefs on my number two. I have them a little later in my list of number one. But before I get to one, we'll go to number two. So I have number two, not the sexiest matchup of all time. I have the Jets and the Panthers. And the reason why is watch out for the Sam Darnold revenge game against the New York Jets. It may not be the most interesting storyline of week one, but I do think it is worth noting just because one, the Jets drafted Sam Darnold's replacement. They, when Sam Darnold was in New York, they didn't really give him 
anything, anything, any sort of help, no real offensive line help, no real weapon help. And they just kind of gave up on him. They cast him out. They just, he had, he was around a horrible front office and organization in that sense. The Jets have kind of cleaned house. They brought in people from San Francisco, as I know Sam is well aware. The Jets look like they're in a much better position to do better. And that might be because they drafted Zach Wilson. And with that, they have sort of built their team, at least their offense, around Zach Wilson, which is something they never did with Sam Darnold. So if Sam is going to win one game this year, I guarantee you he highlighted this one in big red or green for that, for that matter. He is going to want to obliterate, obliterate the Jets. And this is also Zach Wilson's first game as well, and he looked really sharp in the preseason. So for those – reasons I would say watch for the quarterback battle right there and watch for Sam Darnold's revenge game against New York. So that is my number two. Yeah. Sneaky good matchup there. I mean, I wouldn't put it in, I think the upper half of best matchups for this weekend, but it definitely has its clear storylines to look look out for. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's not the sexiest matchup, but the storyline there I think is, I think is really cool. I hadn't heard much people talk about that this week. And I I was surprised because I think that's, I think that's a really cool, a really cool dynamic that's happening. Yeah. So number two, I'm going to keep it in the AFC East. I have Miami V New England. And I think again, this matchup gives you both teams have something to look out for. For New England, it's the start of a new chapter with Mac Jones taking over and taking over all the pressure of being Bill Belichick's savior in the Bill v. Tom debate. With his first game against their probably their like most comparable equals in the Miami Dolphins, both teams really in the same position. The Finns last year missed out on the playoffs because of a tiebreaker and now look to really take that next step and succeed in their rebuild. This game, whoever wins, I think automatically puts themselves as a front runner to make the playoffs over the other. Yeah. I mean, and it's the battle of the two Alabama quarterbacks in that sense, too. And, you know, with the whole talk surrounding Tua as well, I mean, there's been question and fair or unfair. I mean, the NFL is a teams turn over players all the time, not really a quarterback, though, unless unless you're the Jets, like I just mentioned. But the thing is, is that Tua, since he's got there, I mean, there's been talk about whether or not they were going to bring in Deshaun Watson last season when he was there. And then there was that talk still kind of swirling around this season as well. Tua's finally really healthy, it seems. So, no, I agree. That's a that's that's a good that's a good call. I and two, <laughs> two great games, two great teams, because Miami's defense – Miami – from top to bottom roster-wise, outside of the quarterback quarterback position is probably a top-five team roster-wise. And New England totally reloaded on their defense. They got guys that sat out last year. Like, this is a stacked New England team. Maybe not the offensive weapons that Miami poses or some of the other teams that are out there, but this is a great New England team. Well, a good New England team, way better, much improved than last year. They still have... Bill Belichick still have that coaching staff that makes it work with absolutely nothing and seemingly out of nowhere. If they can get Mac Jones to be that rookie of the year candidate that some people are feeling like he will be, they're going to have a lot of success this year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The comparison that I've been hearing is, you know, 
they've got a carbon copy of, of Tom Brady. Now, when people say that, what you have to listen to there is what they're actually saying, because what they're not saying is that he's going to be Tom Brady. Nobody's saying that. What they're saying is that the style in which Mac Jones plays is similar to Brady. So nobody's saying that Mac Jones is going to be as good as Tom Brady. Nobody ever will be. Let's just put that out there right now. But it is an interesting, it is an interesting thing watching him play. The offense does look remarkably similar. <laughs> and they definitely tailored it to his skill sets, not really launching the ball deep. It's more of a conservative offensive attack. And that's really what New England's try to do, especially uh, Josh McDaniels in his offense. It seems like it's more catered to short intermediate throws and they're going to dink and dunk all the way down the field. And they're going to be 12 to 15 play drive to where they really beat you on efficiency and not make any mistakes. And that's how New England's won six championships in the last 20 years. Quickly before we move on, because I don't think you and I really talked about it. Were you surprised that Cam Newton got kicked out? Um, I, w- I was a little bit surprised, especially because of how, how quickly in the NFL it can all change when your quarterback gets injured. And we're talking about a team in New England. There's no way with the aspirations that that in the really the, the, what they hold this level of standard that they hold themselves to in New England, it's win, win now. Even with yeah. Mac Jones at quarterback, if Mac Jones is injured, having Cam Newton slide in, who's familiar with the offense, has plenty of experience, and sure, there's the jokes that he can't throw the ball, but he did have success in New England pre-getting COVID. So I think having that as your backup quarterback would have been so valuable. I mean, I totally see the cons of having a, a really – well-known backup quarterback that can kind of overshadow and put a lot of pressure on Mac Jones, which they would have stirred away from and the amount of money that they were paying him. So I get that, but it's, it's interesting that they just went away from him that quick, like that quickly. It was surprising to me. Just boom, he's out. And my initial reaction when they released him was I bet you he asked for it. Truthfully, because from everything that I heard, at least it, not I individually, but we have all heard is that Bill liked and respected Cam a lot. So knowing that, or at least them telling us that, it would seem, I, I mean, I, I, I could see a world in which Cam would ask, hey, you know, if Mac really, if you are going to make Mac the starter, then let me go try to be a starter somewhere else. Let me go test the water. Um, and truthfully, I was, I honestly think, I think it was the right move. Um, I was surprised that they did it because I didn't think they were going to, but I do after sitting on it for a couple of weeks now, because the news has since, since passed, I do think it was the right decision, especially, especially because Cam's personality and just everything that he's indicated has seemed like he is, he wants to be a starting quarterback and as good of a teammate as he has been. And that's what the reports have said. Still, I do think that he believes he can still really play in the league. Unfortunately for him, I mean, there wasn't a lot of interest in him last year. Remember when he was a free agent and then this season as well, I'm imagining that, if he does get another chance to play, it's probably going to be because somebody gets hurt. 
I would imagine. Um, but with just a personality like that and with Cam wanting to be a starter, if you make the turn to Mac Jones right at the beginning of the season, I think you have to stay with him throughout the whole season because even if he does struggle, taking him out is just – it's not going to do anything good for his confidence. So once you make that switch, you ride him out for the entire season and you make him your guy. So barring the only the only reason to keep Cam would be if you know Mac got injured, but mm-hmm. nobody's you know you could well it's hard to plan for injuries, so I'm not going to go really go into that. But well, I think I think a lot every of- I think every front office, at least the successful ones, do plan on having a competent. But I think that's the future yeah. of the NFL. I think that's what you see in San Francisco of why they still have Jimmy G there and why they have Trey Lance because of the injuries that they've had and it ruined their season last year I think that's what teams are going to look to avoid especially with the fact that Cam Newton who's a former MVP is going to be a backup in this league just shows how great the quarterback talent is yeah yeah speaking of quarterback talent we'll get into number one on my list so you mentioned the Chiefs and the Browns earlier on your list. I put the Chiefs and the Browns game as my number one thing to be looking out for. One, because the Browns are seemingly everybody's Super Bowl. Like I, I hear so many people talking about how they think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, and I'm not here to deny it. I think that you know, top to bottom, their defense and their offense, the way that they're built, I think they could win. They do definitely have the formula to beat Kansas City. I mean – if you want to beat Kansas City, it's no secret. If you have, and this isn't just Kansas City, this is Aaron Rodgers, this is Josh, this is any team who has a superstar quarterback. The best way to beat them is to keep them off the field. And Cleveland has the ability to do that with their two headed running back monster. But so even though Cleveland as a team, this is going to be a prove it game for them, think about where Baker Mayfield is. Josh Allen just got paid. Lamar Jackson, we know, is definitely going to get paid. Baker has not gotten that deal yet. So if there's going to be a year that is going to prove whether or not he is going to be worth that payday, just like his class classmates of his draft, this needs to be the season. Now, he's looked mm-hmm. sharp in the preseason. Take it for what it is. But it is a, it is a little bit of insight as to you know, how he's going to play. He looked really good last year. So this season is going to be a huge indication on whether or not Baker is going to get paid in this offseason and what a opening test to start that with than playing against the Chiefs. So that is my number one thing to be looking out for is the Browns and the Chiefs. First of all, that might be the best game. But second of all, just let's see where Baker is. So that is my number one. Well, I got it. I got to agree because that's, I put that in my top three, but I went a little bit of a different way. And I, I hope you follow me on this journey. So, so my number one game to look out for this weekend, I don't think a lot of people would expect this green Bay v new Orleans. Okay. 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 So follow me, follow me here. So after a loud off season full of turmoil and distractions with the green Bay organization, I think, the story of the offseason was Aaron Rodgers v. Green Bay. And now we get this climactic conclusion in week one. We finally get to see really how these two sides are doing. 
Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers kind of give some dirty looks to Matt LaFleur? Maybe some teammates aren't following Aaron Rodgers. Do we see maybe some struggle? That is a huge telling point for whether this team will be contending for the Super Bowl or maybe these cracks in the armor is going to push them towards mediocrity and missing out on the playoffs. We could see that all in this week one matchup. And on the other side, you have a full slate of stories with New Orleans, maybe the Spurs of the NFL and how consistent they've been. And now they're moving on from Drew Brees with Jameis Winston. This game will be telling, not just for this season and if they can make the playoffs and rebound after losing Drew Brees, but for the next five years, even the next decade, for one of the most storied franchises in the 2000s. If Jameis Winston doesn't work out, if Taysom Hill doesn't work out, we're going to see a major rebuild in New Orleans with little hope because of all the money that they've put in to their superstars. It's going to be a rough time and transition for New Orleans Saints fans if Jameis Winston doesn't work out. And we're going to see it week one against one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I mean, I've been a Raider fan my entire life, but, you know, Drew Brees has been my favorite quarterback forever. So in that sense, I always made the joke that the Raiders were my favorite team, but the Saints were my favorite playoff team. Mm-hmm. So, and you're right in the sense that, you know, they have been really consistent, you know, over the past, you know, decade or two just because of Breeze and and you know Sean Payton and the system that they built there and the you know I it, it is it it's going to be really interesting seeing some you know a you know just not seeing Drew there. Um I do think Jameis Winston is going to play well. I really do. Um that defense in New Orleans is really good. The offense has just I mean a ton of weapons. <laughs> all around it. They have a great coaching staff. So I and maybe it's just because I'm rooting for Jameis. I really am rooting for Jameis. I really hope he does well. Um, but yeah, it, it's that, that is going to be interesting, especially with Rogers. I mean, um, I mean, who knows if he's coming back next season? I mean, I don't think he is, but who knows if this season goes really well, and there are some relationships that get mended. And what if they win the Super Bowl? Maybe he does that. I don't know. Um, my money is going to be on no, but how this season turns out could be a huge factor. So any closing thoughts? Yeah, just to carry on that, I think the, the biggest thing for week one to think about is setting the tone. Also, not to overreact if your team doesn't look as if say you're a Dallas, we're not going to speak on because everyone here is going to know what happens in the Dallas uh, Tampa Bay game, but that's a big game that where Dallas could get blown out. Any team could get blown out this, this first week. And you really can't overreact because it's just week one. We don't know what these teams look like. And I think it's just week one's interesting because it really sets a tone for the rest of the season. So there are a lot of good matchups in week one. We just highlighted a few. We're going to quickly make our picks for week one as we transition from that into our weekly pick. So, again, if you're new to the show during the NFL season, Sam and I, before every week, we make picks for the entire week. 
on who we think is going to win the game. And every week we keep track of the record and, you know, who's right or who's wrong. I won the very first season. Sam ran away and hid last season. <laughs> so what we are going to do is there's going to be a little graphic somewhere above us, either over there or on, or on his side, that has the percentages for how many games we've gotten right throughout the season as well. So say we get into week three and, you know, let's say mine says like 54 and his says, we'll just say 52 because I'm going to do better than him. So that percentage will be up there and that'll be for how many, like the, like I said, the percentage of games that we've, that we've gotten right. And then we'll probably put our record up there as well, or find a way to work that in as well. So we will. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, all right, we will work our way. So, obviously, we already have mentioned that the Tampa-Dallas game will have taken place at this point. So, let's just put that one aside for now. I mean, we're both so Tampa, we'll, let's be honest. Right, yeah, there's not going to be really any debate about that. So, let's start with when we move quickly through these. So, uh, Seahawks, Colts, who you got? I think I think Seahawks have it. If Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson stayed healthy the whole year, I think the Colts really match up well against the Seahawks. But because of that, I think the Colts' offense is going to struggle. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, I have the Seahawks as well in that game. So let's move to the Jaguars-Texans. Both new quarterbacks, both probably not very good teams. So Jacksonville or Houston? I think you got to take Jacksonville because they have the only positive going into this year between those two teams. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with Jacksonville as well, just because Houston has I don't even know what Houston is right now. The offseason that they had was just was gross oh, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a word. At least they uh, have Deshaun. Oh wait, no. At least they have just no. They don't have him either. Who do they have? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they have Larry Tyron Taylor. <laughs> um, now I don't want to put slander on Tyron Taylor's name. I actually do like Tyron Taylor, but he's not Deshaun Watson. So Eagles Falcons battle the birds. I think yeah. the Falcon. I think the Falcons take it. I, I like them. Their offense, I think, is a little more well-rounded than Philly. And I think both teams struggle defensively. So I think it's a it's a little bit of whose offense is better. So I'm going to take Atlanta. Yeah, the Eagles are in a bit of a rebuilding mode. Part of me wants to give Jalen Hurts the game. Um, I do hope he does have a good season. But, you know, I, I have more confidence in Matt Ryan in that offense early on. So – I'll say Atlanta as well. Not much variation at the moment. We might get it here. Chargers in Washington. Who you got? I think I, I can't see Washington because it's Washington's defense versus Chargers offense. And I don't see Washington's defense slowing down the Chargers. I think Herbert and his ability to – he's athletic, is able to get the ball out quick. So I think that kind of neutralizes Washington's defensive line advantage. So I think Chargers get it. Give me Washington because screw the Chargers. No, but Washington's offense is a lot better than people seem to know. They have a lot of un unknown names there, but they're really solid. 
So, and Washington's defense is arguably, if not the best defense in the league. I don't care what the Chargers do. Washington is going to eventually have an answer, I think. So we'll I'll give Washington. That's our first variation at the moment. How, what about Steelers Bills? Um, I think Buffalo is too much to handle for the for Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh will get a, put up a good fight, but I think Buffalo is just too much. I agree, especially and for those of you that don't know, there's been I just learned about this today. This is the only way I'm the only reason why I'm bringing this up. T.J. Watt is like holding out right now. He isn't practiced at all this preseason. I didn't know that until today. So if he, especially, especially if TJ Watt is not there, you pick the bills. Even if he is there, I think you still pick the bills, but I mean, if TJ Watt is not there, arguably the best defensive player in the league guy who got snubbed last year as defensive player of the year. Yeah. I, I take the bills and, and I don't even think about it. So I think this is a, don't even think about a game either. we got the 49ers and a Detroit. Yeah, I think the 49ers could march out a fan and they'd still get this win. So I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo play well and um, maybe sell on some hitters, maybe get some people in his corner a little bit because it seems like everyone's in Trey Lance's corner. Uh, I'm not. I think that Jimmy G should be starting for sure. I don't know where you are on that, but I'll find out later because I have a question for you later. So I got 49ers as well. We'll go Bengals and Vikings. Joe Burrow coming back. I think this is a closer game than people think. I, Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati's offense is so intriguing, especially because Joe Burrow played so well last year, and now he's getting another weapon this season. But I think Minnesota – and Minnesota's defense is not good either. But I think Minnesota just has a little more experience. I, I kind of trust Kirk Cousins, Thielen, Justin Jefferson a little more in this game, and I feel like they're a little more proven commodities than what Cincinnati has, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati upset. So I'm going to choose Minnesota in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the other games, and I'm well, we're kind of getting to the, the meat of the schedule after this game because there are some really good games later on in the day. Um, I'm going to – I, like, want to pick – Cincinnati, you know, because I want Joe Burrow to do well, and I, I do actually want the Bengals to win that game. However, I just – it is his first game coming back. That doesn't necessarily mean anything because it could be 100% healthy, but until I see it, I don't want to put my money on it. So I'll pick the Vikings as well. So I mentioned the revenge game for Sam Darnold. we got the Panthers and the Jets. I think you got to take Panthers. Jets still, even with Zach Wilson, and look if Zach Wilson's looking good, still one of the worst rosters in the NFL. So I don't know how they cover DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy. I just – Sam Darnold could have a pedestrian game and they still win. Yeah, you're not going to get any argument out of me. Titans-Cardinals, we got. Good game. Good game here. I think uh, – I still think the Titans are – they match up well with Arizona because they can keep Arizona off the field with their running attack with Derrick Henry. Um, I think they take it. I think Arizona struggles to stop Derrick Henry even with a good defensive line, but I think Titans find a way to win. I was really hoping you'd pick Arizona because I was hoping you were going to fall into that trap for whatever reason, but, yeah, yeah. I'm picking Tennessee as well. We only have one game that we're uh, that we're off on right now. How, but I'm sure. 
how I think it's going to, I think it's going to change. <laughs> how weird is it going to be to see Julio Jones in a Titans uniform? Do you think it's weirder to see a longtime wide receiver in a uniform or a different uniform or a longtime quarterback? Oh, quarterback for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it, maybe it's not going to be as weird for me because I haven't necessarily been entrenched in Atlanta. Like obviously I've only seen him in an Atlanta Jersey since, mm-hmm. you know, since he's come in, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be as weird. Um, as uh, at least for me, it hasn't been seeing Brady in a Bucks jersey. That was weird. Even seeing Stafford in a Rams jersey, that was weird too. Um, so, but I don't know for whatever reason, Julio for me, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because I mean, how long has he been in the league? Like 10, 10 11 years, something like that. Um, Is he two thousand nine? Yeah, maybe it's just a longevity thing. So, yeah. All right, let's move on to the Browns Chiefs. Yeah, I think the Chiefs take it in this one. I think they've really improved their biggest weakness. I know there there's not a lot of continuity there between this offensive line because they're all brand new. But Andy Reid and this coaching staff is so good. Patrick Mahomes, so good. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think they I think they just match up so well against Cleveland. They're kind of the hurdle that Cleveland, if they want to win the Super Bowl, they need to get over the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are just that much, they're just better at this point. I'm gonna pick the Browns. Um, and the reason why is because they improved their defense, uh, especially you know, adding to Davion Clowney, but they've just added pieces. Um, around their whole defense. Odell's coming back. That's going to be an interesting dynamic because Baker and Odell actually, since he's been there, haven't been great together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is going to be something that will, if it, if that goes well, that's going to be huge for Cleveland, like absolutely mm-hmm. monstrous for Cleveland. So I'm going to bank on that, uh, that that's going to go well. Nick Chubb is one of the best just pure runners in the league. And I do think that the Browns are built to beat the Chiefs. And part of me just wants to see the Chiefs lose. So we'll pick, I'm picking the Browns. All right, we'll go Patriots, Dolphins. I'll say first, I have the Patriots in this one. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I feel like they, they just have so many more ways to win a game. I feel like New England only wins if Mac Jones plays well. And he's, it's, he's a rookie and it, He's in his first game, and this is a good Miami team. So I feel like they just, they, they get enough from Tua to where they can win. Well, New England got pretty much their an entire defense back because a lot of them opted out last year mm-hmm. for COVID. And I I think the Patriots are going to be – they're going to be better than I think people are giving them credit for. All right, we'll move quickly through these last ones. Broncos, Giants. I think – Giants are a better team. They have, um, but they they're very prone to shoot themselves in the foot. But I still think Giants win, especially in Saquon's return. I'd love to see him back and running hard. I actually think Denver is going to win this game, and it pains me to say that. Um, Denver is they have an outstanding defense, and they have some pretty good uh, weapons on offense. The only thing that's been holding them back is. 
you know, quarterback play. Teddy Bridgewater is he's a good quarterback. And if he can and if he can elevate that offense, then Denver becomes a a pretty decent team. And I think top to bottom, they're better than the Giants. So I know they're on the road, but I'm going to pick Denver in that game. Packers and Saints. I think Green Bay wins. The Saints aren't what they used to be in Green Bay. Even with all that was happening in the offseason, I think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. I agree. We got Rams and the Bears. I'll take the Rams. I think you do as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we got the last one in the Ravens and the Raiders. God, be the Ravens. Ravens are a better team. It's crazy that this game is on Monday night. Um, the Raiders may be in the basement of the AFC West this year. Who knows? I never pick against my team unless for if they the only team that I think I would pick them against would be like Tampa at this point. But even then, I would pick the Raiders because I'm just the side of my team. So. Those are our picks for the for the week. The only ones we are different on, Sam has the Chargers. I have Washington. He has the Chiefs. I have the Browns. He has the Dolphins. I have the Patriots. He has the Giants. I have Denver. And he has the Ravens. And obviously, I have the correct pick in the Raiders. So, five games off on that one. Got our list right here. We'll put the percentages up and the record up after the week is over. So... <clears throat> We are going to move into a segment that we introduced a while ago on the podcast, but obviously this is going to be the first time that this is going to be on the video portion. Segment called Move the Chains. I'm going to say a definitive statement, a definitive statement, and Sam is either going to move the chains on that one or he's going to punt it. So, clever or not, that's how we work. <laughs> I think this is, the first, this is the first time I'm answering. This is the first it's time because this is a actually, little weird. It does feel a little weird. So, a little, we'll take it behind the scenes on this one. Sam has probably created 80% of her segments, maybe. That could be a little generous. That could be a little selling bit short. I don't know. He does create a lot of the segments. I write a lot of the stuff, but he creates the stuff so that's kind of how our team works so normally he is asking the question but i've got questions for him as well Perfect. so i've got one question for you from the mlb and i've got four for the nfl just for week one what do you want first oh let's get the baseball out of the way let's get the baseball out of the way so sam is a giants fan all right which i'm assuming some of you might be some of you may not be but if you do watch baseball, you know that probably one of the most famous or well-known franchises, especially as of recent, has been the Dodgers and their performance, especially in the playoffs. Hmm. Now, the Giants are currently winning the NL West right now with a record of 90 and 50, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Did you see that coming? I didn't you see did. this. I didn't see this, but I knew they were going to be good because they played right. really well last year. Without Buster Posey, without a lot of good players, um, but I didn't see the I didn't see best record in MLB. Right, like this, not necessarily that they were going to be playing well, but the disparity from them mm -hmm. and the yeah, okay. So the Giants right now again are first in the NL West. By the end of the regular season, they are only separated by two games or like a game and a half right now. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Giants are going to hold off the Dodgers? 
Oh, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that like that because I'm saying definitive statements. The Giants are going to hold off the Dodgers to win the division. Yes or no? Move the chains. Yeah, yeah, you say move the chains. I mean, the way this Giants team is, sure, there is a lot to be worried about, especially with all the injuries in the rotation and just the star power that L.A. provides with that rotation, with that lineup, that they're getting healthier. But we've been saying this all year. Every expert in the MLB has been saying, man, the Dodgers are going to take over. This Giants team, if you look at the roster, there's no way. They're going to make – they might make the wild card. Like, this is a cute story. There's no way that they're going to have the best record. And they just keep going. I think it's enough is enough, and you just got to be like, put your hands up. Hey, they're doing it. They're going to do it. And big ups to Gabe Kapler and this – this pitching staff and the lineups, these players playing career years with all doubters being silenced. That's a man sticking behind his team right there. So move the chains on the Giants holding off the Dodgers for the division title in the NL West. All right, move on to question number two. So I don't know if you've been listening to ESPN radio all that much. I do virtually every day just because of I can at work. One of the things that I've been hearing a lot is whether or not the Bucks are going to go undefeated this season. Now, Tom Brady is on record saying he would trade two of his Super Bowl rings for that undefeated season. So my question to you or my statement to you is the Bucks will go undefeated this season move the chains or punt no i think you have to punt that just if you look at the pure pure percentages it is so difficult for them for them to do that um especially playing a uh division leading or a, a first and second schedule so they have a harder schedule they're the defending champs no team is going to be sleeping on them they're, they're going to get everyone's toughest game plus they're going to prioritize health above maybe winning games. So they're maybe going to hold guys out a little longer, maybe not push it as much in the regular season because they know their sights are set later on into the postseason. So they've got a couple games against some pretty tough competition. So I'll tell you right now, if you had to pick one of these games that they're going to lose, they are in L.A. to play the Rams. They are in New Orleans to play the Saints. They're in Washington, the team that gave them trouble last year in the playoffs. They're home against the Bills. Which one of those? Um, I say they lose. You say it was in L.A.? In L.A. I think they they lose the Rams game and the Buffalo game. And I think, I mean, the Saints blew them out twice last year. Mm Mm-hmm. So what say that they won't do that? And this is what I, I've always been saying. Of, of course, you can't predict injuries, but everything went perfectly for Tampa Bay last year for them to win. What are the odds that that, that happens again? I don't see it. Right. Who knows? They could have a, a Niners season last year and have 60-plus injuries. That's true. That is true. All right, so 
We'll move on to question number three. Question three or four are going to be about the rookie quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Who do you want first? Do you want your boy Trey or do you want a field question? Uh, give me the field. Give me the field question. All right. So Andy Dalton is starting week one for the Chicago Bears. So my statement to you is Andy Dalton should be starting week one over Justin Fields. For my statement to you. I keep saying the wrong thing. <laughs> the, the fan in me says move the chains. No. No, the fan in me says punt it. The using my head as a sports analyst, if you can even say that, would say move the chains. Because if he's not ready, and Chicago knows whether he's ready or not, that's why they would put out Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to rush this. Chicago's not – yes, they made the playoffs last year, but they should not be rushing this to where they might ruin like ruin the confidence of their franchise quarterback. Justin Fields has all that. Like, this dude is going to be good, right? Why rush it? I mean, Justin Herbert, like you said, didn't start week one. It was able to have a great year. Why not yeah, have that? Thrown, he got Justin thrust Field? into it like almost immediately, but yeah. And he had even less time in training camp to adjust to the NFL. Let's let this guy who scouts were all saying in the draft had mechanic issues, had mechanical issues with his throwing motion, had different decision-making issues. This guy has all the physical talents to be successful. Let's let him adjust. Let the game slow down for him to where he can have the most success. Yeah, I agree. I do think that they are making the right decision with Andy Dalton. All the, all the stuff that I've been hearing from ESPN and the reporters coming on are saying the offensive line is terrible. Mm-hmm. And the argument that I keep hearing from people is, well, he's mobile and he can compensate for that. No. <laughs> Look, if your offensive line, I understand that Justin Fields might be a band-aid for the offensive line. But when you have a rookie quarterback, the last thing that you want the rookie quarterback to be is a quote unquote band aid. <laughs> you know, you want to put him in the best position possible, not say, hey, you know, do what you can <laughs> kind of thing. So they need to address the offensive line. They need to continue to develop him and get him ready. So keep Andy Dalton out there. I know Justin Fields looks like he's going to be a really good player in the league, but no need to rush that. You're so- banking on 10 to 15 years, not one season along those along those same lines i know zach wilson is the only option in new york for the Jets to start and play but think about all the bad habits all the losing habits that he is going to learn with a bad team around it like he's going to be asked to do things that if their offense were to run perfectly he wouldn't have to think about so why confuse your player by forcing them to think, oh, like I need to get this ball out quicker than this play is supposed to happen because my offensive line is playing poorly. Like you want Justin Fields to be in a controlled environment and making him, forcing him to think about, I need to run for my life. Doesn't help his throwing motion. Doesn't help his accuracy. Doesn't help his, um, his uh, like situ- situational awareness 
when just playing decision making overall. Yeah, when playing inside the pocket, like he isn't going to be reading defenses because he's running for his life outside the pocket. Agreed. Agreed. Got no argument out of me. All right. So it's kind of a rhyme. <laughs> anyway, so we'll go with uh, Trey Lance out in San Fran. So I'll give you this definitive statement as I finally say that correctly. Trey Lance will start this year at some point for the 49ers, even if Jimmy G is healthy. Yeah, I think you I think you move the sticks. I think everything that the Niners have shown as an organization from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, even the players, they love like they have bound together in support of Trey Lance. Like the wow factor that Trey Lance provides to all these like great play, like George Kittle, Trent Williams, like all the wide receiving core, like all these weapons are like, it's not, oh yeah, Jimmy looks great. It's holy cow, Trey Lance is coming. And you can't, at a certain point, you can't stop that momentum if every single player, especially with the Super Bowl aspirations that this team has, if they believe that Trey Lance is actually better than Jimmy G, even if that's not a fact, you might not be able to stop that momentum at that point. And I feel like the Niners really don't want to stop that momentum. I, I don't think he should play, mm-hmm. but I do agree. I think he will. I don't think all he's right, ready. So- I don't think he's ready at all, but you can see the arms. Like he talent wise might be, just behind Trevor Lawrence or above. He might even have more physical talents than Trevor Lawrence, but the game talent and like running an actual scheme and making quarterback like plays just isn't there right now to, especially if you want to make the playoffs. Right. All right. So last question, I mentioned that there were 15 NFL teams who are starting a new quarterback week one one of them is Matthew Stafford who I mentioned earlier and I said I was going to come back to this so I will make this definitive statement Matthew Stafford will be in the MVP conversation at the end of the year Mm. yeah I don't (laughs) I think I think yeah he's got to get I mean process of elimination if the Rams are up there as one of the best teams I don't personally believe they would have to be a first or second seed in the NFC for him to get those votes. In my personal opinion, I think there's guys that are above, I mean, Josh Allen is going to garner so many votes. Patrick Mahomes is going to garner so many votes. I know he's going to be in the conversation, but a bunch of guys can be in the conversation. I'm talking about top three guys with legitimate MVP odds. I mean, Lamar Jackson could come back to MVP form. Kyler Murray could put up stats that we've never seen before. Like it's really going to take Matthew Stafford having great team play and great team performance to drive that MVP storyline. Right. Right. And that's going to be interesting too, to, uh, you know, with the 17th game to see what stats become, you know, what the norm becomes now with that 17th game. So that'll be that'll be really interesting. Yeah, guys are just going to be throwing for uh, five thousand yards every single year. Like it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Yeah. 
All right, so that was Move the Change. That was our segment for Move the Change. We have one more thing on the docket for you guys. And that is going to be, this is week one, obviously, of the NFL season. But we are going to predict, actually, we are going to declare, declare who we think the division winners are going to be and who we think the wild card is going to be for the playoffs in general. So we're going to go NFC or AFC. Where do you want to start? I think we go NFC first. I think it's a little more straightforward. Okay. I agree. I do think the AFC is, uh, is, is deeper in that sense. So, all right, we'll start with the NFC East or the NFC least. Who do you got coming out? Yeah, I, I really think that um, that Dallas is. Oh, gonna... I'm sorry. Hang on. Disclaimer: Sam and I have not told each other what our picks were, so we don't we don't know what we're who 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 is picked what. So continue. Yeah, I really I really think that Dallas is going to find a way to win this division. I know we're talking about two two like halves of a team because Washington has a great defense but little offense, and Dallas has no defense, but I think one of the best offenses maybe production-wise in the NFL. So I think Dallas somehow gets it done. Washington is going to run away and hide in this division. I don't I don't like that saying that you're using. What do you mean run away and hide? Why would they oh hide? My goodness. They because they're gonna be so far away from everybody else, it's going to be like they're hiding from everybody else. They they're gonna win this division. And I'm telling you, it's not gonna be close. It won't be close. So what, what do you Their think? Offense you, is, give, me, give me some records. How, how many games we talk in is going to be the, the span? I wouldn't be surprised if Washington gets like 10 or 11 wins. And I don't think Dallas is getting – I don't think Dallas is going to get there. Their defense was so bad, so bad last year. Washington's defense is phenomenal. Either the best, if not the best – I said the same thing. <laughs> if, if not the best, then the best. <laughs> right. So is not one of the best, then just straight up the best. I they're, said the wrong thing twice. I'm not going to move off it. They might be the best in the league. And their offense is really, really good, too. They have some really good weapons. You know? the, thing, the, thing that is going, the thing that's going to be interesting is whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to bring them to where they need to be. So he is really the big question mark in that sense. But he's been pretty good as of the last couple of years. He hasn't been, you know, the terrible fits tragic that everybody says he's been. So I do think that Washington is going to win that division. Washington's defense is better than Dallas's offense. I'm saying it right now. So Washington is going to win that division. So We'll save the NFC. We'll move on. We'll save the NFC West for last because that'll be fun. So we'll do the NFC North. NFC North. We got the Packers, the Bears, the Vikings, and Detroit. Yeah, I think I think it's a shame because if only there was a team that would challenge Green Bay, but I think Green Bay is going to retain easily. I don't think Minnesota is close enough. I don't, and I think if they get like 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 uh, historic performances from Justin Fields, maybe. But still, I think Green Bay comfortably wins this division again. 
I agree. I agree. You got no argument out of me there. The Packers are going to win the NFC North. We'll move on to the NFC South. I see the Bucks coming out of this very uh, this straightforward. I don't. I don't really think there's going to be much argument from there. Do you got anything different in that? No. No. I think it's. I think it's. It's going to be interesting to see by how much because it'd be interesting if they struggle against Carolina and New Orleans and Atlanta because all those teams are sort of like question marks. And it'd be really interesting to see if those teams play better than expectations, then it might shock a little bit of what we think of Tampa Bay and they might, they might drop a couple games. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still, I mean, we're both in agreement there. They come out of the, uh, the NFC South. So NFC West, your division with the Rams, 49ers, oh, Seahawks and Arizona. You got. Yeah. Best division in football. I mean, whoosh, whoosh. Got to go right there. Okay. Well, the Rams are going to win that division. <laughs> the Rams are going to win that division. But in terms of the wild card, so I'll just say my three wild cards right now, I think that the 49ers, they're going to get in. As um, I think the Seahawks are also going to get in. So I think you're going to have three teams coming out of that division, which is unlikely because they might just, you know, beat each other all up. But I think that there are still three are going to make the playoffs. And then I think the Saints are going to squeak in. I think Jameis is going to give them enough offense that they are going to get into the playoffs. People might look at me and go, well, what about Dallas? You don't think Dallas? No, I don't. I think the Saints are going to squeak in over Dallas and get in the wild card because I do think Jameis is going to play well. And that's my prediction. So. Yeah, so I had um, I had Seattle as well. I think they're a little bit overrated. I mean, I've seen a lot of people putting them as the division winners with at like twelve and thirteen wins. I don't think they're better than LA or San Francisco. Uh, I don't think so either. And then I put the Rams. I mean, solid as heck team right there with adding the Matthew problem, Stafford. Yeah, the only problem with them is that they're top heavy. So if one big guy gets injured, that. That really could hurt them, but it hasn't really been a problem because Aaron Donald doesn't get injured a lot and Jalen Ramsey doesn't get so that defense is gonna be solid. It's just yeah, haven't been able to beat the Niners, play well against Seattle, but they usually split and Arizona is so good that they can split with any of these teams. So I think that just takes a little bit away of of their win totals. Um, and I had Washington getting the wild card. I think they're better than the New Orleans, the Carolinas, the Minnesotas, and the Chicago. So I think they'll get enough wins to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so you had Washington, right. So, all right, cool. Um, so, that, so the only thing different that we have is Dallas and the Saints. All right, so move on to the AFC. I'm going to the AFC East. Um, I'll take the Bills coming out of that division. I don't think that one's too hard. Mm-hmm. All right, you said an agreement there? Okay, so yeah, move on to the AFC one. AFC West got the Chiefs as well. Yeah, I have um, I have Las Vegas. No, I don't. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning that division, hands down. Lose a lot of money there. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll move on to the. I mean, yeah, we'll save the more the most interesting one for the for the end. We'll go AFC South. So really, the two contenders there that you're looking at are the Titans and the Colts. So who you got coming out of that? Yeah, for me, it's. It's been a toss up this whole off season. I've, I've definitely been 
my frame of mind is that the Colts are deeper. They're well, more well-rounded team. Yeah. They have a better defense. And I think the additions that they made this offseason, I think they're going to get a good version of Carson Wentz. So I think that puts them ahead of the Titans just because of how much better their whole roster is around Carson. And if they can get, I don't think he's going to be MVP level Carson Wentz, but I think he's better than last year. I do agree that I think the Colts are a top to bottom better team than the Titans. Um, However, however, if Carson Wentz is not who they're hoping is going to be, then I do think Tennessee, I think Tennessee is just, they have a safer commodity at, their system, I think, on offense is a safer bet than betting on what you're going to get from Carson Wentz just because, I mean, he was he had that foot surgery in the offseason. As soon as he came back, he went on the COVID list. He barely practiced with him. Quentin um, Nelson also had surgery as well, and he might be the best offensive player on the roster. So I and here's the reason why, too. I don't know if you've taken a look because if – and part of the reason why I'm saying this is because I genuinely think that him, him being Carson Wentz, not being there as for a lot of the preseason is going to affect them a little bit. And with that being said, the start of their, the beginning of their schedule is ridiculous. So they start with the Rams, then they go to Tennessee, then they go to Miami, and then they also go to Baltimore <laughs> They have back-to-back-to-back road games against potentially three playoff teams. They then get a little bit of a break with the Texans, but then they go to San Francisco, and then they have the Titans again. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that is a brutal opening to the schedule. And if Carson Wentz is not in sync with his offense, they're going to get slapped at the beginning of that season. So I think there's a potential for them to get off to a really rough start. I'm not wishing that upon them, obviously, but I think the potential is there. So I'll take the Titans with that one. Um, I, think, I think the Colts' defense allows them to keep games close. Mm-hmm. And, e- and when games are close, they can go either way, of course. So I think they find a way to – if they can weather the storm in this early part, then that sets them up perfectly to make a run late. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last division. We got the AFC North. Maybe the more most interesting one in the division with the Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. What do you got? Yeah, so I went back and forth. I had to go to to each individual team's uh, schedules to really see where I felt that their records would be at. And I think the Browns and Ravens fall with the same record, but I think the Browns somehow get a tiebreaker, and I think they take that division. I got the Browns taking that division as well. I. I don't know if they're going to have the. I mean, who knows? It's funny because, like, we all talk about – I know the, the Browns are – the Browns are going to be really good. I do believe the Browns are going to be really good. The Ravens – I mean, hell, even the Steelers could be really good. And that might be contingent no. on, like I said, T.J. Watt being there or not. So, I mean, you look at the NFC West with the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. This is kind of falling under that same – umbrella with three potential playoff teams or maybe three locks of playoff teams two at least maybe a third um we'll see where that goes but all right so for my i went my first three wild cards with the nfc so where are your three wild cards 
Yeah, so I went uh, Baltimore makes it in. I have uh, the Chargers making it in, and then I have the Titans. Okay, so yeah, I went back and forth on this one. I also put the Ravens. Uh, I put the Patriots to sneak in. Every year there's a team that gets in that you just are like, not necessarily like, wow, didn't see that coming. But there's so much turnover in the playoffs each year. I would not be shocked if the Patriots get in. So, and the last spot, I was so in between on the Chargers and the Colts. The Chargers and the Colts. Now, I genuinely think it's going to be a toss-up between those two teams. I have no idea who's going to get in. So, because, you know, NFC West, I mean, AFC West hate, go Colts. <laughs> Keep the Chargers out. So, we'll put the Colts in. So, um so I'll run through my predictions for the NFC and AFC. There's going to be a screen that's going to pop up that's got Sam's predictions and my predictions side by side next to each other. But just running through again, for the division winners in the NFC, I have Washington, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bucks. And the wild cards, I have the 49ers, Seahawks, and the Saints. AFC division winners, Bills, Chiefs, Browns, Titans, wild cards, Patriots, Ravens, Colts. Yeah, so for the NFC, I have uh, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay, and Dallas as your division winners. And then for the wild card, I have Washington, Seattle, and Rams. And then the AFC, Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Browns as your division leaders with the Ravens, Chargers, Titans as the wild card. I think it's it's so interesting how deep the AFC is because we're talking about, at least from my list, Patriots are left off, Miami's left off, Steelers are left off. You have um, Chargers and the Colts maybe left off. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, just from my like, there's some like really good teams that might be double digit winners that are going to be left out of the playoffs from the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the AFC is definitely the deeper conference in that sense. And let me go through where is I was reading something the other day about. Uh, just the quarterbacks that are in the the AFC right now, especially the young quarterbacks that are in the AFC right now. I mean, you just run through it right now. Got Josh Allen, Tua, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. So that's four young, good, exciting quarterbacks. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Derek Carr. You have Justin Herbert. You have no. I'm not saying Derek's like an MVP, but we're talking about like. Good, like good quarterbacks. Is he young? And he's still in his 20s. Um, and then you have the AFC with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Big Ben is really the only, but even, but Big, Big Ben is good, obviously. He's a, he's a walk in Hall of Famer. But, you know, we're talking about young quarterbacks in that sense. He's still a really good quarterback despite not being young. Ryan Tannehill's not that old. Carson Wentz isn't that old either, uh, but Trevor Lawrence as well. And then I know Deshaun Watson's not playing, but Deshaun Watson as well. So you go through, literally, you go through the entire, you go through pretty much the entire AFC. I didn't even include Teddy Bridgewater, who probably hasn't really got fair shake in the NFL. Um, I mean, you go through the entire AFC, and they, there's really solid quarterback play, like all around in the AFC, especially from a lot of young guys as well. So the AFC is set up to be good for a really, really long time, especially with their with their quarterbacks, because a lot of them are just so, so young. So. 
Yeah, I think we're that might be a little bit of a stretch, especially this early. I mean, putting Mac Jones in and uh, Zach Wilson in, we don't even know what they look like. I mean, <sighs> Baker, I think, is a stretch. Big Ben is way past to where we saw. I know, but when I was year, when but... I was mentioning Big Ben, yeah, when I was mentioning Big Ben, and I even threw Derek in there, I was more just saying that. I know Derek's not as young as everybody else. And Big Ben's obviously not as well. But in terms of like, there's not a team in the league right now that is necessarily like in a huge hole for their quarterback. You can kind of say the Texans are because. Oh, you definitely could. Well, yes, he's on the roster. He's not playing. So really they do qualify for that. Um, maybe Denver, but at least they have an answer. And it's not a bad answer either. Teddy Bridgewater is not a bad quarterback. Um, so there's not anybody who's trotting out, you know, somebody who you're like, who's this guy? Um, so I, I thought that that was an interesting thing for the AFC. You just look at everywhere and you go, yeah, I know who that is. I know who that is. Yes. Young and up and coming unproven, but I mean, you know, could be, could be really good. You never know. And then you have a lot of some of the bets in there too. So, yeah. um, I, mean, I thought I that was around the, around the league. There's just great court. I mean, there is. 25 plus really quality quarterbacks over way over half the league isn't looking for a quarterback i mean that says a lot oh yeah for sure for sure the nfl is really deep at that position right now and well cream of the crop starting quarterbacks they're really deep at that point so yeah i thought it was an interesting note just kind of when you sit back and look at who the quarterbacks are for each team kind of go wow they're you know there's not really a team that is like in desperate need for a quarterback there are teams that would benefit from having somebody else but nobody who's you know got their pants on fire and are running around looking for quarterbacks so so all right um quick question for you just one quick question last one before we head out what is the best game week one the best game period um probably brown's Runs Chiefs. Okay, that wasn't as exciting as I was hoping. Like I can't remember. I <laughs> can't remember what it was. Oh. Uh, you, you, so what, what did you say? Big games. Big games are Packers, Saints, Dolphins, Patriots, Browns, Chiefs, Titans, Cardinals, Steelers, Bills, Chargers, Washington. Seahawks Colts. I think Seahawks Colts is going to be end up being the best game. I think it's just going to, I think it's going to be very tight late. You're going to see some heroics from Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Indy's going to somehow make it somehow score with that offense. And we're going to see like a resurgence from Carson Wentz. I think that's going to be a really exciting game. Yeah, I, obviously the Browns and the Chiefs are. Pro- it's probably like the game where on paper you go, well, yes, that is by far the best game. I think the Dolphins and the Patriots game could have a potential to be really, really interesting and really, really close, especially, you know, Mac Jones versus Tua. Dolphins may be the better team, but the Patriots have, you know, just they're the Patriots and they have that culture and that defense will be interesting to see, you know, with them coming back, how well they play, how well Tua plays. I think that that could be potentially the best game, uh, you know, over the weekend. I think the Browns and the Chiefs, like I said, are obviously the the name for the, you know, if you're just looking at the names of the teams. 
But in terms of the score and stuff, I think that could actually the Bills and the uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins could be the best game. So, all right. Well, closing thoughts. Um, it was really fun to listen to you talk while your screen was frozen. So, well, uh, it happened. It happened a couple times. It happened a couple bad. times. But for those of you listening and stuff, he just moved. Obviously, his Wi-Fi is getting all fixed. So I'm just give a little bit of crap about that because one time your face did freeze on like that for a good like 10 seconds so well that's good because that's what my brain looks like when I'm trying to <laughs> say what what's going on this in the NFL especially when we're talking about um what the heck the Niners are going to do this year that's on my face all right, so for those of you who are listening on the podcast version of this, obviously, thank you for being with us for episode 100. It has been such a fun, you know, past two years, and we're really excited about the expansion of this into YouTube. We really put a lot of effort into building this channel. I hope the aesthetics for those of you who are watching, you know, really worked well. The Wi-Fi stuff we'll figure out. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. The first couple of shows or are going to be rough. <laughs> rough and up and down it's okay we'll get it fixed um and for those of you who stayed with us for the first episode of the youtube channel we really do appreciate it um again we've put a lot of work into the the graphics and the the background and you know we're going to be adding stuff as time goes on obviously and fine-tuning everything so obviously you got to start somewhere this is our starting point and we're really excited about what this channel could be so with anything that we talked about feel free comment section. Just if you want us to talk about something next week, if there's something we missed, if you think we were wrong about something, um, give us your division winners, anything you want to just talk sports with us, put it in the comment section. We'll get back to you. We'll read your comment on air. If we think it is like good content, if you really do have good content for us, we will for sure get it on the air. So, um, thank you so much for listening. Those are my closing thoughts. Sam, if there's anything you'd like to say for yours. Yeah, so um, if you guys have stayed with us and you're new, this is the first episode you've ever watched or listened to us. Um, guess what? If you liked this, we have 99 more other episodes that you can go back and if you love Jason's voice, you love his takes, or you just think that I'm always right, which I truly am, then go listen to 99 pretty much hours worth of our content that we have on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, even if you listen to things on Anchor, we have it on those. So go look at those. We got links in the description. I'm hoping Jason finds a way to do that. We're talking really about stuff in the future. <laughs> and then above us, we have um, our IGs and Twitters. We're going to try to be active during NFL, the NFL season, during college football. We I was just thinking about today where we got to get our big, our big uh, college football analyst, friend of the show, Dom on to talk about it. Now that we have this new medium, we're really going to try to do experiment with this. Uh, bear with us. I mean, go back to anybody's first few videos. There's some growing pains and we're happy to grow with you all. Spread it out. Um, like subscribe. Gosh, I just cringed in my mouth when I said that, <laughs> but <laughs> please, I mean, Jason and I are having fun and hopefully you guys do too.
Yeah. And he just mentioned in front of the show, Dom Taylor. We have a bunch of guests who come on the show, reoccurring guests. We had Dom on here for pretty much every week of the NFL season. He is he's way better than us. What's we'll just say it that way. Yeah. He he know he knows he knows his stuff and he actually works closely with uh he goes to Alabama. So he's around Alabama football a lot. He's a part of their journalism program. He covers the game games he knows that he you're not going to find anybody more in tune to alabama football and hell even college football period he knows his stuff he's really good and we have friends in the show who come on and stuff and you know we like i like sam said we just you know we have a good time we have people on uh all the time and um 99 hours worth of stuff behind us on apple podcast and spotify the links are in the video channel i was able to find a way to put them in there so they are there to spotify and apple podcast so, like you said, growing pains, everybody has to start from somewhere. This is our first step. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, we will, we will see you all next week for week two of the NFL season and episode 101 and two.